while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. South Coast tonight. It is debate night here at WBSM. I'm Marcus Farrow. Chris is out. He'll be back Friday, but tonight I am joined by the three candidates that are running against Sheriff Tom Hodgson, the Democratic primary. Sheriff Hodgson has been in office for 25 years, uh, much to the chagrin of local Democrats and local reform activists. And one of these three Democrats, after the September 6th primary, will face him in the fall, and they're going to make their case about why they are the best candidate to take on Sheriff Hodgson. So we're joined by Attleboro Mayor Paul Haru. Mayor Haru. Hey, thanks for having me on. Former Somerset Police Chief George McNeil. Hello, Marcus. Thanks for having me. And uh, attorney and former prosecutor Nick Bernier. Hello. Thank you again for having me. So uh, we're going to start with candidate introductions. Each candidate will have two minutes to introduce themselves uh, to the audience. Tell us why you're, uh, who you are and why you're running for attorney general. So we're going to start, I mean attorney general, sorry. I just had Quentin Palfrey on. Why you're running for Bristol County Sheriff. And we'll start with, uh, just going from left to right, we'll start with Attleboro Mayor Paul Haru. Uh, thank you, Marcus. So, first of all, it's, uh, thank you for having me on tonight, and for all those who tuned in, thank you for taking the time to listen to this debate. Um, I'm running for Sheriff of Bristol County because it's time for change. It is uh, well overdue for time for change. I'm the strongest candidate to take on Hodgson because I'm the only candidate who has uh, experience both winning campaigns, managing campaigns, running campaigns, and um, also in corrections, most importantly. You know, uh, the job of the sheriff is to run the county jail. And uh, it's not a law enforcement job. It's not, you know, it's, it's running a county jail. Care, custody, control, and rehabilitation. That's the job of the sheriff. It, you know, there's some transportation of inmates as well. But it is not something that, um, you know, Hodgson has really been doing a very good job at, as everybody here knows. So the, um, you know, there's a couple things I'd like to do differently in the county jail. First thing is to make sure that we're actually offering programs to people, uh, inmates who need them, you know, drug treatment programs, anger management programs. I've talked to people who have worked inside the jail system, talked to inmates who've come out of it. That's really not going on. It's, it's you know, no, not in any serious manner. You know, the inmates are not getting enough programming. There's also the second aspect of it is discharge planning, making sure that inmates are um, going to be released uh, with a plan for housing, health care, and a job. Uh, a lot of times inmates are just released to the street. The current sheriff says, you don't like it, don't come back. And that's not an effective strategy, especially when you're dealing with people. Um, about 80% of the population has um, mental illness or drug addiction. And, you know, it's just saying you don't like it here, don't come back. That's not effective. So there's, you know, it, it, we need to have a change in the Bristol County Sheriff's Office. Um, the other two Democrats who are running against Hodgson, um, either one of them would be a much better uh, option than Hob Hodgson, but it, you know neither one of them have the experience winning campaigns like I do, or the experience in corrections. So, um, but I would happily take either one of them over him. Uh, Chief McNeil. Well, thanks for having me, Marcus. Uh, 
My name is George McNeil. I'm a Democratic candidate, as, as you said. Uh, I am running because uh, of Hutchinsfield's policy, uh, policies that he has there. His tough on crime stance has not worked uh, since he's been there. Um, he, he uses that stance to, to make it seem that he's tough on people there, which he is, uh, and that they won't reoffend. But recidivism remains high. He doesn't treat, do proper treatment, do proper rehabilitation. Uh, he doesn't uh, give them proper mental health treatment. He, um, he also doesn't treat the people that work there right. Uh, a lot of people leave there. They're unhappy with the work environment. Right now, his, uh, his staffing levels are extremely low, uh, which makes it unsafe for both the people working there and the people detained there. Um, and as the mayor said, uh, there has to be additional tr uh, training uh, in, in education and vocation for uh, the people that are detained there. There's nobody be staying more than two and a half years here, maximum for uh, for misdemeanor in Massachusetts, two and a half years. And I don't, there's not even many people spending two and a half years there, probably six months, eight months, nine months, a, a year at the most. Um, and, and treating them poorly while they're there, it's, it, it, you know, read a book. It, it'll, it'll say treating people poorly doesn't make them stop reoffending. They need help. They need treatment. I, and I, I appreciate the fact there are career criminals. Um, my background is 37 years in law enforcement. I started in 1985, worked my, up to the, uh, worked my way up to the Randolph Police Department, uh, and I ended up leaving there in the 2014 as a police lieutenant and accreditation manager, becoming chief in Somerset in 2014. I retired last year. Um, I still work for the Mass Police Accreditation Commission. Uh, my background is not politics, uh, but I, I believe uh, my experience and my cultural and institutional knowledge of uh, both police officers and correctional officers make me a, a very good candidate to go up against the, the sheriff and, and, and get him out of there. Um, he does not uh, need to, he shouldn't be there anymore. He's been there too long. Thank you. Attorney Bernier. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, I'm running. This will actually be my third campaign. I'm working against Tom Hodgson. <laughs> um, he's actually a, he's a gentleman. Uh, he's a nice person, and he's more importantly, he's a great politician. Um, so um, I saw this as an opportunity to get uh, to to move on to reform and really make Bristol County better. Uh, about a year ago, um, I believe around last September, I announced at Senator Roderick's event, um, and uh, I developed a simple message. I met with correctional officers. I met with the union stewards. I'm backed by several of them. I'm um, backed by Tom Hodgson's former campaign manager, Nelson Degavea. Um, and uh, the message is simple. Uh, we need to focus on actual safety in Bristol County rather than the politics of going down to the border wall. And I want to echo Paul's statement. I believe George and Paul would make much better sheriffs than the current sheriff. Um, they both, I think we have similar issues. Where we all want to focus on rehabilitation and take away from this phony law enforcement. Um, listing the chiefs around the county, I know that, um, you know, the sheriff's a great grant writer, and he gets a lot of federal grants, but at the same time he gets a federal grant, he's taking from the city of New Bedford, he's taking from the city of Attleboro, and he's taking from the city of Taunton, who have their own police departments that could use that money. My background, I was a prosecutor, um, I have a law degree, I've studied criminal law, I've studied criminal procedure, um, and I've actually been in the courts, and I've actually worked in all four district and juvenile courts in this county. And I've seen the Board of Probation records, and I've seen the rates of recidivism firsthand. Not only that, I visited the jails, because that's, as a prosecutor, you're supposed to do that. Before you send someone to a jail, you have to be there yourself, at least that's my opinion. And um, from that, I know we need to do a lot. My priorities are the closed ash street, focus on mental health treatment and substance abuse. I want to clean up the jails. I want to get the drugs to the Dartmouth. And yes, we really need a plan for the future of these inmates when they go back to our society, get them jobs, housing, and training. Time.
Okay, so we're going to start with questions. Each candidate is going to ask the other candidate a uh, the other two candidates a question. Those candidates will have two minutes to respond. The candidates will have two minutes to respond to the question. And if another candidate is addressed in that statement, they will have a one minute rebuttal afterwards. We're going to start with uh, we're going to go from right to left now. We'll start with uh, Nick Bernier. So, Attorney Bernier, what is your question for the other two candidates? Uh- is it one for both or one for each? One, one for both. Okay, so I'm gonna say ask. Um, I believe we all agree with um, that the focus of this office should be rehabilitation. So my question for both of you, regardless of your backgrounds, one is in politics, the other is in law enforcement. How do you take your current positions and apply them to rehabilitation in Bristol County? I'm gonna start with Chief McNeil. Well, I, I ran an opioid. I started an opioid program in uh, Somerset in 2016, um, in, in an outreach program, uh, which is based on Parry. Um, in in the, the Parry program, it's actually based on Plymouth County outreach. So I, I have the um, uh, I have the background in, in dealing with people that are addicted and have problems uh, such as that. Um, I've also uh, been involved with a critical incident management team for um, Southeastern Massachusetts Law Enforcement Council and, and then dealing with uh, people with mental health problems, in particular police officers and correctional officers. So uh, I, I having that knowledge and having that background um, is, is a great start to, um, to, to assist people that are being detained within the jail. And I, just having that knowledge and, the, and knowing how to run programs like that uh, will transcend to the to the people under my command. Mayor Haru. Thank you. Could you repeat the question for me and the audience? Uh, how would you use your current position uh, to focus on rehabilitation? I had different questions for both of you, so. Well, we can get to those after, okay. too. <laughs> okay. So the, if I understand your question right, how would I you know, use my position as mayor to... Your experiences as mayor. Okay, very good. Make sure. Okay, so it's not, um, first of all, I worked in the Philadelphia jail system, and I also it's called the Philadelphia prison system, but in fact, it's a county jail. I also worked in the Mass Department of Correction in both capacities, at working in corrections. I was a statistician in one and a research director in the other, and we looked at programs that we offer and try to figure out whether or not they work. So the first thing we have to do is actually look to see what we're offering, and is uh, the program that we're offering actually matched up with the needs of the inmates. The first thing you have to do is a risk needs assessment upon um, admission. So that's, you know, based on my experience working in corrections. You know, I could go on, you know, for quite a while talking about that, but like, how much more time do I have, Marcus? Just About a minute. About a minute. Okay, very good. Yeah. So in my capacity as mayor, we have, um, a, you know, I run a city. We have a lot of different departments. Um, I oversee a police department. I oversee a health department. We have different programs that are offered. We have a POP team. Um, we're actually just uh, receiving about $68,000 from the um, uh, an opioid settlement right now, and I'm actually going to put that towards, you know, increasing the number of pop officers. We're going to hire another pop officer. A pop officer is a problem-oriented policing, and they basically act as like part-time social workers. But the main thing about trying to address the risk, the, the needs, whether it's a, you know, drug addiction, whether it's anger management, if it's mental health, you have to do a risk needs assessment upon intake and find out what the risks and needs of the people and then offer proper programming. But you don't stop there. You have to actually make sure you're measuring the program. If it works, good, do more of it. If it doesn't work, then you have to reform it. So I've worked in jail, worked in prison, got a background doing exactly the very thing you just said um, outside of my time in politics. Okay, uh, Chief McNeil, what is your question for uh, both of the candidates? So, as you both know, there's a 
a huge lack of public trust in the current in the sheriff, current sheriff's department in the current sheriff. At least that's what I've seen in all the time we spent collecting signatures over the past few months and just talking to people, just going around from town to town, putting on lawn signs, and people coming out and talking to me, uh, people sending us messages and just saying that there's just such a huge uh, lack of trust in the sheriff. So how would you build public trust back in the sheriff's office in Bristol County? We'll start with uh, Attorney Bernier. Uh, great question. Um, I think it just starts with being fully transparent. Um, so a, a big problem is the data is hidden. There are only two counties actually that uh, record data about uh, rates of recidivism. The recidivism rates I'm using to you know critique Tom Hodgson are actually from the state DOC, but they are county specific. And Bristol County is the highest, I would call the highest uh, re reportable one because Franklin County is slightly higher, but they don't have enough incidents to warrant uh, a number. Um, so I think it really is transparency. I think it's keeping good data. Uh, we have the staff. We have a $35 million payroll, $54 million budget. Um, it's really doing that. And frankly, keeping some of the projects he has. Um, I like uh, the way he works with senior citizens and, and like that, but actually being a little more out there. I mean, I think uh, um, Sheriff Hodgson's been there for 25 years. Um, I know, you know, I don't see him out in the community before this election as much as I used to. Growing up, I used to see him out all the time. I think that's part of building trust. And I think all three of us have been doing that because we've all been out there. We've all been out in the towns. Um, I, I've seen both of uh, my colleagues here at town meetings, um, sometimes, you know, hearing good things, sometimes getting yelled at by a Trump supporter. Um, <laughs> it depends on the town meeting. But I think that's it. And knowing that not everyone's going to agree with you, but being transparent, being honest, being straightforward. Um, and I believe... I think all three of us will bring that approach, and I think that's how we bring that trust back. Mayor Haru? Thank you. Um, it's a great question, and I think um, both Nick and George would uh, bring a whole new level of trust and uh, transparency to the office uh, compared to what there is right now. But it basically starts with, um, you know, making sure that you have partnerships in the community, you know, and that the community is, um, you know, invested in what's going on in the county jail because the people who are coming out of the county jail are going back into the 20 cities and towns throughout Bristol County and, and possibly beyond that. Uh, fostering relationships with different organizations, focusing on discharge planning, making sure that we are working on the housing, health care and a job and partnering up with the different organizations with the inmates while they're locked up is going to break down that you know sort of that wall you know that uh, that that sense of isolation that the community has from the jail because when you start cutting off contact between the uh, people who are locked up and the uh, people in the community when those people leave jail and every every except for the people who die everybody goes home um, you actually start to uh, erode that trust that the jail is actually doing good for the community because if if the attitude is, okay, we're just going to make your life miserable and you don't like it, don't come back, um, you know, people go back, they recidivate, and, you know, the recidivism rate in, in Bristol County is 40%. It is the highest in the uh, state. You know, all the, the Department of Correction looks at all the different jails, um, there, and, and Nick was right about that. There's only one that has the sample size is too low to actually, you know, have it be meaningful. But So that's one thing. The other thing is actually measuring the programs and publishing the results, and I've said this before many times, you know, we have to look at what works. Um, it, well, we look at everything we're doing. 
if it works, good, do more of it. If it doesn't work, then we reform it. But we publish the results, and it's okay if a program doesn't work because then we know that it doesn't work. So then we say, okay, what are we going to do about it? You know, now that we know the program doesn't work, now we have to actually reform it. And that's government at its finest when it actually has the opportunity to say, we're not doing something that works, we have to reform what we're doing. Making all that transparent and public is the way to bridge that. Okay. Uh, Mayor Haru, what's your question for both of the candidates? Very good. So, Nick and George, you're both fine people, and I um, hold the both of you in uh, you know a lot of esteem, a lot of respect. I think either one of you would be a much better uh, sheriff than uh, Tom Hodgson. Um, both of you are running for this seat, and only one of us can go forward in this primary. In my opinion, the person who is the strongest candidate is you know, to beat Hodgson is the one who should go forward in this, um, you know, in the primary. So, you know, if we look at the, the our campaign structure, um, you know, Nick, you've taken in about seven, 170 donations and you have, um, well, let me take a step back. Donations are important because they help move a message and that's, it, it's important to, you know, raise money so you can move your message to let voters know why you're running. But Nick, you've taken in about 170 donations and you've raised just over $30,000 and you have $4,000 on hand. And George, you've um, raised about $70,000. You know, you've chipped in 12,000 of your own money and you have about $900 on hand as the last campaign finance report. I've taken in over 700 donations and I've raised over $84,000. And that matters because we have to be able to compete with Hodgson. Um, so my question is, how do you honestly think you can beat Hodgson when you don't have the money to move your message? And over the last several months, you haven't been doing the things that a serious campaign needs to do to actually move a message. All right. So we're going to start with Chief McNeil. Well, um, I'm self-funding, <laughs> Mayor. <laughs> a lot of it's self-funding. Um, and I, I knew entering this, um, I'm, not a, I'm not a politician never done this before. I know you have to have fundraisers. Um, I think it, I think being three people in, the, in a democratic primary splits up the pie. Um, at least as, and that's my opinion on it. Um, I knew uh, going into this that there was a chance I would have to sell fund. Fortunately, I, I'm able to do that. Um, I mean, I think there's, there's actually over 6,000 in the account now. I put 5,000 the other day. <laughs> and I'll put another 5000 in next week. So I am self-funding a lot. Um, that's the way I'm doing it. And I, I do understand you. I understand your question. I, I get that. Um, again, I'm, this is my first time doing a political thing. So um, and I'm learning how it works as I go. So I guess that's my answer. <laughs> okay. Attorney Bernier. Um, I'm just very confident uh, whoever the Democrat nominee is going to be able to raise quite a bit of money. Um, I also have to run a law firm on the side, so um, I have basically I've shifted focuses. I did some fundraising early, then you see a blip in my financing because I just didn't have any fundraisers because uh, I was focusing on getting signatures and actually attending as many town meetings as I could. Um, again, door to door recognition. Um, I say as far as campaign organization, though, I would disagree with that. Um, I last time I ran for office was a decade ago. Uh, I ran in Greater Taunton, Greater New Bedford, Greater Fall River. Um, in that time, um, I lost by I believe the I had the largest recount in state history, and I lost by 37 votes in 47 cities and towns. Um, because of that, I have an organization in Taunton. I 
have Mayor Hoy, I have Greg DeMello, I have a lot of friends in town. I have a lot of friends in New Bedford. Uh, obviously, Senator Roderick's is backing me in Fall River, Westport. Um, and I have a lot of those connections that have really been helping me. So a lot of things I just haven't had to pay for. Um, again, I plan on focusing on money the day after the primary, if I'm selected. And obviously, we'll need some TV ads. Um, I believe that's I, I believe that's how it's going to shake out. Um, and I do believe I have a formidable organization. I guess we'll find out on September 6th. Okay, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back uh, with the Bristol County Sheriff's debate uh, on the Democratic primary. Stay tuned. This is South Coast Tonight. <laughs> Download the W. Bate night here at South Coast tonight. I'm joined by Attleboro Mayor Paul Haru, former Somerset Police Chief George McNeil, and Attorney Nick Bernier. Uh, the candidates just asked questions of both candidates. Now they get to ask individual questions to the candidate. So, George, uh, so Chief McNeil, you get to ask um, Attorney Bernier a question and Paul Haru a question. I'll let you start with whomever you'd like. Okay. Um, Mayor, I'll ask you this question. Um, so, as you know, uh, staffing levels are extremely low there. Um, I know that because I, I'm friends with some of the people that work there. Some used to work there. They, they've moved on. There's retirements, come, you know, even more retirements coming up, and it's become an unsafe level. So, you know, obviously, Hodgson's having a difficult time recruiting people. So, if you become sheriff, how do you intend on recruiting and retaining uh, corrections officers? No, that's a great question. I'm actually dealing with that right now as mayor. Um, it's it's a tough to recruit people in every industry right now, we, and not just in in government. You know, when I go to the print shop, the um, you know printer tells me that it's hard to get paper goods because it's you know it's it you know people aren't working. It's just it's, it's like long COVID has kept a lot of people out of work. So it's like this in every industry. But what what you just said um, about the sheriff's office is you know also something I've observed and I've talked to people as well. So basically. Uh, you know, one of the things that the sheriff does right now is he has a lot of positions that um, are not uh, necessary to running a jail. You know, he has a counterterrorism person. I mean, it's somebody with a, a background in education. I mean, that, that's not that's not part of the mission of running a jail. Uh, I run a city. I have a hundred and sixty-five million dollar budget, and I don't have um, a chief of staff. And so, what I wouldn't do is I'm not going to go in and I'm not going to start. Uh, terminating positions, but what I'm going to say is we're going to do some restructuring, and we're going to offer up uh, positions that are more corrections focused. And the pe the positions that we're canceling, the people that had those positions will say you can go ahead and uh, have first dibs on this uh, caseworker position. And a lot of those people are loyal to Hodgson. You know, they've worked with him for a long time, and a lot of those people are not going to uh, want to stay on in the new capacity, and so they're going to move on. And so what I would do is reallocate those resources to the positions that are actually you know important to running a jail that really focuses on rehabilitation get the caseworkers uh, also reallocating some of that money to the correctional officers the uh, Bristol County COs are some of the worst paid in the state and that also causes uh, correctional officers to leave the Bristol County and go to the state system to get more money. It causes, um, you know, the, the consequence of that you have short staff and you have to hook people to come in for overtime and so you know the, it's it's you know, we, we can reallocate the way we're spending. Budgets all reflect priorities, and I don't think the priorities are well right now. Okay, what is your question, Chief McNeil, uh, for Attorney Bernier? Um, Nick, I, I, you know, um, the mayor's run a city. I've run a police department, and I've been I've managed people, um, uh, you know, for years. I've, I've supervised since the 90s as I own a police department, a chief for seven years. 
you, you're going to have, if you become sheriff, you're going to have to manage a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Do you think you, you're going to be able to do that with the experience that you have? Uh, yes, I've been fortunate. Um, I'm, I guess, wrapping up my 11th year as a lawyer. Um, in that capacity, I've been uh, inside general counsel for some companies. I have worked with uh, publicly traded companies. I've advised on HR issues, uh, mainly in Massachusetts, especially with independent contractor statutes, um, you know, contract statutes. Uh, I've had a couple of unions, actually. Uh, I've had to work with. Uh, I've also advised the floor of a housing authority, uh, a staff attorney. Um, I've had to deal with uh, federal and state law there. That was a, a fun uh, juxtaposition. Um, I actually had someone allegedly run over, try to run over an employee uh, with a tr- pickup truck, and uh, we had to deal with that incident. So, um, yeah, I've had a lot of experience with it, uh, managing, dealing with the HR headaches. Um, usually on the legal side, but uh, obviously um, I'm advising uh, a CEO or executive director to make hopefully what's the right decision uh, for uh, the people we serve. And uh, I believe that's um, what I would do as the next sheriff. Okay. Um, Mayor Haru, what is uh, your question for either Chief McNeil or Attorney Bernier? I will start with Chief McNeil. So, Chief, um, <laughs> this really, you know, actually, this isn't so much of a debate, it's more of a you know, pleasant little conversation with these guys more than a debate. Um, but chief, uh, you know, if you were to get elected as sheriff, um, you know, what would be the first thing you would do, uh, you know, to like day one, you know, what are you going to do in the jail? You know, um, know, what what does day one look like for you? So, uh, so something I taught as a a professor was, uh, the Sarah model in Newport from Newport News in Virginia. You probably know that you're you were an educator too, um, which is scanning, analyzing, responding, and then see what the results are. So I'd have to, I'd, I'd go in, look around, like you talked about earlier, look around, see what needs to be changed. Obviously, you can't go in with a, a knee-jerk reaction, just, we're going to clean house. Um, you have to see what everybody's job is. Um, obviously, as you s- said or alluded to earlier, there's a lot of assistant deputies that he has that I don't even know what they do. You can go on open checkbook and you can see it yourself. They're getting paid a lot of money. They have take-home cars. You don't even know what they're doing. Um, so we'd have to look at that, at restructure. I think restructuring and uh, streamlining the department is going to be one of the first things I do and putting proper people in the proper places, uh, round holes, round pegs, that sort of thing, um, getting people that just aren't political hookups because they gave me a lot of money in a campaign, but people know how to manage, and they're, they're good managers. They know how to plan, organize staff. Um, they know how to budget, all that. Not somebody. Well, you know, he's Joe's friend. That, you know, he gave me a job. He gave me a thousand bucks in my campaign. Let's go. We're gonna we're gonna give him a position, uh, you know, a, a specialized position. That's not gonna happen. You're gonna get people that are qualified, and and that's I think that that's gonna be the thing. It's streamlining. But first, we gotta look and we gotta respond to what we have and what we see, and then we can make uh, uh, judgments after that. Cool. Very good. Thank you. Um, Go ahead. Uh, Nick, same question. What do you do on day one? You know, you're, you're elected sheriff. What does day one look like for you? Yeah, I think it's all about the transition. I think it's the November to day one, um, getting a transition team in place. Uh, one person I would definitely involve would be Nelson DeCavea, uh, the sheriff, Hodgson's former chief of law enforcement, who knows a lot of where the bodies are buried, and then getting some outside people uh, just to get perspective and really take an in-depth review as much as you can before you take office. Day one, um, you know, I, I agree, I agree. not be too hasty. You really want to, once you're inside, do another review um, and see what happens once um, the adjutant's removed, <laughs> let's say, um, and, uh, and really looking at uh, what, you, what you're left with. And again, I like that, you know, uh, round peg, round hole. 
um, making sure people are doing what they're supposed to be doing, seeing what you know what 25 years of dead weight is, um, and if it really is dead weight, some people may you may not think or have a positive function, but maybe they're actually indispensable to the work program, which is a great program the sheriff's office currently does. So. Um, I guess that would be my approach. You know, it's uh, getting people, you know, the collective's always smarter than one person. Um, I never claim to be the smartest person in the room. I just want to be in a room full of smart people um, and then together get the best result. Okay. Um, Attorney Bernier, you can ask uh, both uh, each um, Chief McNeil and uh, Mayor Haru a question. You can start with whomever you'd like. All right, I'm going to start with George, and the, the question is more tailored for Paul, and that's why I'm doing it in this order, um, just to give you a little more time to think. Um, and it's because we talked about it briefly in Mansfield, but the sex offender registry board thing. Um, you And it's come up to me because I've been asked if I have the same position. <laughs> so I want to clarify, um, um, when you were working for the Huffington Post, you wrote <coughs> several articles on the topic, and I know you feel strongly about it, or, or did at the time. Um, uh, so. The question is for George. George, what is your feeling on, because the sheriff's office is a bully pit and can advocate for state change, what is your feeling on the Sex Offender Registry Board, um, and do you believe that people convicted of real sexual crimes should be forced to register, subject to the screening of levels? So, um, this is, I don't know what Paul's position is on this, but I have a feeling I know. Um, so, uh, you know, teaching in a college setting for so many years, SORs, uh, I hate to say it, are not effective. Um, they don't do any, they really don't do much deterrence other than getting people to know where the, as the, the sex offenders live. Um, it hasn't shown to be any deterrent in getting them to not, not offend again because there's obviously underlying issues that most of the people, especially at the level three, um, have. Um, so. I guess it would be it would be it would get, again it would have to be a collective like you were talking about a collective sitting in a room with a lot of smart people to to come up with that answer. But uh, you know I've taught from textbooks for a long time, and even the textbooks say that the SORs don't work. Uh, the sexual offender registries that they're they're ineffective. Um, they just let peop the people in the area know where uh, somebody that might be a level one, two, or three lives. Uh, so same, to the same question, so sex offender registries, and the chief is correct, you know, the research is very clear, sex offender registries don't actually keep people safer. And then they're actually not designed to do that. Now, I'm not saying we should abolish them. I'm not saying that at all. But they, they're not designed to actually reduce recidivism. They're designed for community notification. Now, there's all different types of sex offenders. You, um, you know, just like there's all different types of illnesses. And, you know, I, like I said, I was director of research for the Mass Department of Correction. I was a statistician in the Philadelphia jail system. And, and what I'm going to say is factually true but it's going to be controversial. Sex offenders as a group have the lowest rate of recidivism um, out of the different crime categories. You know, you got your property crimes, drug crimes, uh, you know, you have violent crimes, you know, sex. And so that's controversial. Now, let's break that down a little bit. Pedophiles as a um, subgroup of sex offenders actually have a very high rate of recidivism. In fact, the research shows that, you know, you really can't treat pedophiles. You know, even with cognitive behavioral with relapse prevention, it really doesn't work. And so long sentences for pedophiles are probably appropriate. But then you have other types of sex offenders. You have uh, somebody who might have been drunk and raped somebody. You've got statutory rape. And those, there's actually an inverse relationship between the uh, seriousness of a crime and the rate of whether or not somebody 
reoffends. So a murderer, for example, doesn't usually reoffend that many times. You know, it's just, unless you're a spree killer or a serial killer. You know, it's you know, there's there's different types of murderers. But you know, the the less serious a crime is, the more of offenses you're going to have. Uh, Shoplifters tend to do a lot of that. Drug dealers tend to do a lot of that. Murderers don't do a lot of that. Pedophiles are an exception. Pedophiles ex exploit a, a trusting relationship, and they uh, violate that trust. And that trust is, is that trust is built up over the time. So a sex offender registry, it should be reformed. Um, it can always be better. But the chief and I are in agreement that they don't actually keep people safe. They just are community notification. Okay, so uh, now I'm going to ask you guys a question, and I'll start with Mayor Haru. So the most important thing you guys all said is, is beating Sheriff Tom Hodgson. He's been there for a long time. A lot of more reform-minded activists and Democrats in the area want him uh, out of office. So uh, running in this primary, if you're not the nominee, who are you most concerned with being the nominee facing Sheriff Hodgson? I'll start with you, Mayor Haru. I'm really most concerned with anybody but me being the nominee. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> okay. you know, the, both Nick and George, you know, they're, they're both fine uh, gentlemen and they both have strengths. Um, you know, it, it, so I, let's put it like this. If either one of them were to win the primary, I would be there to help either one of them win the general election. Um, I think they're both fine people. I think they both have good values. And, um, you know, is you know, I, I have the background in corrections and campaigning, so I think I'm a stronger candidate, but I will bring that to work for them um, if either one of them were to win the primary. Okay. Uh, Chief McNeil, same question. If you aren't the nominee, who are you most concerned with being the nominee against Sheriff Hodgson in the uh, in the general election? So you want me to throw somebody under the bus here is what you want me to do, Marcus. Why don't you answer the question? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I avoided it. Yeah. So, yeah, well, yeah I, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to knock either one of these two guys. Um, they worked hard, they worked hard to be where they are right now. Um, and I, and again, I think they both will, uh, will do a wonderful job if they get the position because I think they'll make good choices and put people in, in, the, in the right positions. I'm not going to, um, I, I think, I think I'm good at making those choices uh, that Paul it does you know thinks is as well uh, because he's he's a mayor he puts people departments in the position they should be in I've done the same I promoted people I put people in positions I've started pop teams I've started uh, outreach programs I, I've done I've made a lot of good decisions and I believe I can transcend that into uh, to, to being a sheriff and I know how to manage people so uh, I think having that in mind I think I, I I'm I'm the best candidate for it and obviously if I if I win on September 6th I will definitely be uh, calling up Paul right away. <laughs> Come over and help me with the campaign. <laughs> okay. Uh, Journey Bernier, same question. I guess I'm going to take the same tact. Um, yeah, I, I do believe um, my political background, mainly as a campaign manager and, you know, an ill-fated candidate 10 years ago. Um, just I don't want this to end in a recount. That's my only goal. Um, no more recounts. But um, um, I'm going to actually talk about the the something that no one's talked about. Uh, we have the potential of an independent candidate. RJ, I forget his name, is TJ or RJ, uh, a, a former uh, deputy of Sheriff Hodge. Oh, Sil Sylvia? And, Sylvia, yeah, yeah uh, from Mattapoiset. Um, I heard he collected the signatures and was But the, right? the court's already ruled that he's ineligible to be on the ballot. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. I'll, all right. I'll send you the brief on that. You yeah, guys are yeah. so, so nice. We're going to take a break and we will be back. This is the Democratic primary debate for Bristol County Sheriff. Uh, this is South Coast tonight. Stay tuned. 1420 WBS. Just moving along. We're going to keep this, this line of questioning fairly tight. One minute. 
who and you 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 each talked about the organizational structure of your campaign who do you think is your most important supporter uh, of your uh, candidacy we'll start with you mayor haru um, I have a core group of people that have been, uh, they, they basically recruited me into the race and, you know, they, um, you know, they've been supporting me, you know, right from the very beginning. Um, you know, they, you know, it, it's a Bristol County for Correctional Justice. You know, there's a, it's a small organization and, you know, they've, uh, they've been, you know, very supportive, um, doing sign holdings and, you know, we, we talk on a regular basis, but a lot of my campaign is knocking on doors and getting my, you know, going and talking to voters. I've already knocked on over 9,000 doors. Um, you know, I knocked on 380 just the other day. I was pretty tired that night. Um, so, uh, but you know, it, it's, you know, I would, I would, you know, say BCCJ, you know, they're, they're, they're my biggest group. Okay. Uh, Chief McNeil. Uh, well, obviously the, the people that are close to me that are on my campaign team are, are obviously the uh, most important people, but the, the number of people that I've, uh, that we used to work at that facility, uh, Ash Street or Dartmouth, um, f current and former uh, corrections officers, deputies, um, a lot of them have reached out to me, and they they were very they're very important people because um, they they need they want and need help, and they're, they're not getting it, and they they need jobs, uh, and they have a lot of time with their families, and um, I feel bad for them, um, but I also I've had people from. Uh, organizations uh, for, for inmates reached out as, as well, and they, you know, they said the treatment just is just awful, uh, and it's not it's not necessary because a lot. It, it, actually, attorneys have reached out that are defense attorneys, and he treats them like like garbage as well. They and they they don't give them proper they don't give them a proper due process. Okay, Attorney Bernier, who's your most important supporter? Uh, I guess I'm going to do it in stages. Early on, uh, it was Senator Rodericks is kind of advising me, uh, kind of helping me do some research. Um, then probably John Saunders, uh, County Commissioner John Saunders from, okay. uh, from New Bedford. He uh, helped me really help get on the ballot. We helped me support each other with the thousand signatures. Um, and then I guess overall right now is Joe Ferreira. Um, uh, when I lost in a recount in 2012, Joe had helped me. Two years later, my wife was pregnant, so I wasn't going to run again. So I, uh, I ran Joe's campaign. So uh, he's been helping me in uh, you know, Greater Taunton, Greater Fall River, and Greater New Bedford areas. Okay, we're going to take another quick break. It's, it's debate night here on South Coast tonight. I'm here with the Democratic primary uh, candidates for Bristol County Sheriff. Stay tuned, and don't forget, in the 9 o'clock hour, you get to ask the uh, candidates questions directly at 508-996-0500. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Why should you download?